Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Best Got Beat, sponsored by Adoption at Heart. It's season four, it's episode three. My name is Luke Hatfield, and I'm joined by a man who has been having all sorts of problems with some rather large wildlife in his garden. Mr. Joe Edwards. Hello. <laughs> yeah, I have. Um, as um, people on Twitter have been aware, uh, Badger Watch. Um, yeah. Yeah. I haven't spotted spotted him or them because I did see more than one on the one night. <laughs> um, haven't there's been no sightings now for a good for a good week mm. week slash ten days uh, sightings or or um, hearings. That's that's not, not really a word, is it? Um, mm. I should, um, Audible, any signs, any audible signs. signs either now. Um, but yeah, um, been a busy couple of weeks, a couple of a couple of badger sightings, and a, a, few, a couple of decent results for Walsall as well since we last spoke. Of course, a, a win, you know, mm-hmm. won, a, won a game of football, which is always nice, and uh, drew a game which was um, you know a very good result in the circumstances. So we've got the badgers and we've got a few points on the board as well. So. Uh, what more could you ask for, to be honest? <laughs> Tell me about it. Tell me about it, Joe. Um, it's funny you you um, mentioned the badgers. So I've never actually seen a badger in the flesh other than like a little bit of roadkill. I, never... I don't think you'd want to. They're, they're, they're big things, man. They're, they're quite scary. Yeah, I didn't I didn't know how, quite how big they were. So, yeah, I'm, I, on this Friday night, um, the missus had been out at a friend's house. Um, and I'd just kind of been in playing a bit of Switch, playing a bit of Mario Golf on the Switch all night. Mm. And then she came back, and I went to move the car to, you know, sorting the cars on the drive and whatever. Yeah. And um, I saw this badger, and it was the, oh, there's like a little fence that like separates our drive. There's like a path that kind of runs in between the houses on both sides from the yeah. main road. So. It was the other side of the fence, thankfully. So there was that bit of separation. But I ran into the house and <laughs> screamed to the missus, "There's a big creature outside." She went, "What? What do you mean, like a, a big cat or a big dog?" I said, "No, a massive badger." <laughs> and um, we went at the window upstairs to try and see if we could see it again. By this point, it had gone. But mm. I'm telling you. This the head on this thing was enormous, and <laughs> South was still a bit sceptical. But then the a few nights later, obviously, I, I guess you've heard the noises of cats fighting. I guess in the night yeah, before, you yeah. know, you hear that like squeal and whatever. And we got woke up by that, which I thought was cats, but it was about. Ten times louder than cats, mm. and they were like bashing into the fence. You could hear and all that kind of thing. And I looked out the window, and, <laughs> and these two badgers were chasing each other on the drive opposite, tazzing each other around and like tackling each other. It was honestly, I've never seen anything like it. Um, but I would have thought they were cats, but they had exactly the same body. Big heads, you know, with the white stripes. That, but there's been a, a bit of building work going on oh, on, the, on, that's, that's on the estate, 
So I think they've, either the set or whatever has been disrupted. I actually spoke to one of my neighbours <laughs> to get her thoughts on uh, on Badgergate. And she told me that she'd saw one at one o'clock in the morning. Mm. I don't know where she was, but she saw one in, in the early hours of the morning a couple of nights previous. She reckoned that there's kind of like a man-made lake. It's one of these new estates. So, well, fairly new anyway, last few years. Yeah. And the re- she reckons there's a, there's a set at the bottom of the estate on the lake. And th- they then come out at night and work their way back up the back of the houses all the way up to ours, which is like quite a decent walk. Yeah. I don't, I don't know whether that would be the case or whether the set is literally right by ours because we have got a bit of bark on the outside and we've noticed, I thought it was a cat that was trying to dig, but I think it's the badgers. Uh. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's that been eventful. Um, but good luck charm. As soon as I saw the badgers, we'll sort of picked up, so uh, long live the badgers. Yeah, let the badgers keep coming back, mate. Um, let's talk. Let's talk about these wins because this is what the people are really here for, not for badger talk. Although I do, I do well, think they'll find it entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Um, let's start with the win. Walsall won Stevenage nil. Yes, always great to get that first win, isn't it, in the league? It is, and you could sense the um, the relief. It was palpable at, at the final whistle. Matt Taylor, you know, real kind of, not just one fist bump, not just two, several, you know, really kind of visceral uh, celebrations, and which were fair enough. I mean, Walsall had done in that game what they hadn't done in a lot of games previous, in that, you know, they, they'd started a fair few of the, of the other games well, but not finished their chances. They had their first chance through Connor Wilkinson, some, something of his own making, and he, he put it away, and... And that was all they really did, to be honest. They got their mm-hmm. goal. Um, they weren't brilliant after that. Um, you know, they didn't really hugely look like adding to that lead, but they didn't really look like um, being pegged back either. Um, Stevenage were largely restricted to, to shots from distance. And yeah, while one of those can go in, they, you know, they didn't create a a clear-cut opportunity opportunity throughout the 90 minutes. So, also got their goal. They kind of sat on it. Maybe could have been a bit more expansive and a bit better on the ball in the uh, in the second half. But they got the win. Then they got the points. And, um, you know, they gave them a bit of a platform to build on. And, um, you know, we'll touch on it in, in a second. But, obviously, uh, Bradford. And they built on it there as well and, and got themselves another point. So... Seems like things are moving in the right direction. Of course, we could be having a conversation in you know twenty four hours time, and things look a bit different. That's that's the mm. way things are in football. But um, I have been infused by what I've seen over the uh, over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, and like you said, I mean, it wasn't a bad start. I mean, the goal was absolutely fantastic. Cuts in left foot, bottom corner. Can't go wrong with that. He's a good player, Connor Wilkinson. I mean, it's a shame because he's out at the moment with a. With a hamstring uh, issue, uh, just days after after that goal, it was last Friday actually. So it was only the day before the the Bradford game, and he pulled up with an hamstring 15, 20 minutes into training. Um, so that was a real blow. I mean, 
the, the, that is the kind of individual moments he can come up with. Um, and thankfully, we saw a kind of a another individual moment of quality from from Jack Ewing to get the goal at, at Bradford. I, mm. I think slowly but surely they're 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 stepping up on the attacking front. Um, of course, they've only got um, four goals from six games thus far, but um, all the players that have scored uh, that kind of front four, if you like. I know Wilkinson's not fit at the minute and George Wilk- uh, George Miller has come in since. But Wilkinson's got one, Kiernan's got one, Phillips has got one, and Earing, who, you know, if everybody's fit, would be that advanced midfielder. Well, if Ori Alden's fit, well, maybe not. But, you know what I mean? That Those are, those are your kind of four of your main attacking players and they've each got themselves a goal. Mm. So it's building blocks. And, you know... All along, they've created chances, and they've slowly but surely started to put them away. So, we'll see what happens against uh, Mansfield and in in the in the games to come. I think they've got that first win under their belts. They got that um, draw against Bradford, where they really had to dig in and show character and show resolve in the in the face of adversity. So that's that's another box ticked. Um, I think the next one is. Um, Scoring more than one goal in the game, and mm-hmm. um, you now the sooner do sooner they they achieve that, uh, the better, of course. Yeah, and you you kind of covered it, but also were made to work for their points against against Stevenage, and it was good to see them, you know, do that and hold on because, and like you said, they weren't really put under you know masses amount of pressure. You know, Rush would have had you know some saves to make, but they were ones you'd expect him to make. Yeah. It was good to see the way Walsall kind of controlled that. Yeah, I think the game management has has got a lot better in recent weeks. I think you know, and it couldn't be any worse really than it was at Hartlepool. Mm. Um, I think you know people look at the Bradford result and think, is that a turning point? I mean, we might look back in, at Hartlepool and the you know the the downright awfulness really of that performance as as, as what might well have been the turning point, the low point, the the nadir, whatever you want to call it, mm. because you know Warsaw were well off the pace that day, um, and Matt Taylor touched on it afterwards. It, it was a case of you know effort, you know the the, the mm. effort wasn't really quite there to be honest, and that their edge dropped after. After going two goals down, but um, you know against Stevenage they weren't clicking on all cylinders, but they found a way to win. And and then against Bradford, you, you go down to ten men, your captain gets sent off, and you spend the re- all of the second half with you know with a numerical disadvantage, and you still get what going into the game I think he would have happily taken, which was a point in front of nearly sixteen thousand fans at, at Valley Parade against a team that. You know, are many people's favourites for you know for at least for pr- promotion, if not the if not the whole thing, if not the title. So mm. it's um, it, it again, yeah, getting positive signs. You know, I, I I still think there is obviously work to be done, and you you do look at, at the squad a little bit, and it's perhaps a you know a body light, you know, for, for maybe two for some people, but um, you know that. They're going along quite nicely, and uh, long may it continue. Yeah, that's it. And and onto the Bradford game. I mean, it's a really hard-earned point given, you know, what happened. I mean, not a bad opening goal to be fair from them, 
But the equaliser, I thought, was a lovely little bit of play. It was, it was, and I think it speaks volumes just to how, um, you know, some of these players are getting better with with each week that passes. Uh, Brendan Keenan, the more I see him, um, mm. the more I like him. Um, you know, I was a, perhaps a, a touch uns, unsure at the start, where, the first time I saw him. Um you know, very industrious. I just wondered whether he quite had the the yard to to, to beat a fullback. Yeah, but he he has, and he, he can deliver as well. You know, I mean, it's all good being, you know, exceptionally quick or whatever as a winger, but you've got to put in quality deliveries, and um, that was certainly one from from Kane. And he he picks out the run of of Aerie, who times his run to perfection and a. A clever first-time finish to boot. Um, mm. I think Kane and you know he's has quickly become you know one of the first names on the team sheet. He, he, you know what you're going to get from him. You know you're going to get 100 percent effort, and you know that you know the more and more he plays, he, he's starting to get you know the beating of his of his fullbacks. I thought he had a you know a good amount of joy against uh, Fraukel, the, uh, the the Bradford fullback. I thought he gave him a real tough tough afternoon. Mm. And um, just going back to Erin, um, that is the best individual performance I've seen from a Walsall player this season. I thought he was absolutely excellent yeah. at, at Bradford. I, I really did. Uh, I mean, I know we touched on him a few weeks back when, after the Hartlepool game, I was a little bit critical and I, I said that, you know, I thought he was a bit off the pace. He looked a bit leggy and wasn't really influencing the, the game. You know, he, he was. He was absolutely everywhere at Bradford, and um, you know, playing as the number ten, he was the one linking up play and you know being that linchpin. And then, in the wake of Labadee's red card, dropped back into central midfield and arguably even stepped up his levels even more. Then he mm. was he was he was brilliant. Um, you know, he was my man of, man of the match on, on the day, even though it was a team performance that you couldn't fault, and everybody played their part. Um, Ewing got himself the goal and really stood up to the occasion I thought and um, hopefully that's a sign of things to come with him as well because he's a player that they've got high hopes for he's not got a, a wealth of experience in the in the football league of course came through the ranks at Bolton but dropped into non-league with Halifax and did well there mm. um, he's a newcomer to, to league football but he seems like he's got all the tools to, to, to succeed and uh, you know, if, if Saturday is anything to go by, then you know he could really be a key player for Warsaw. Yeah, it certainly could be. Um, the red card. Yeah. What did you make of it? I mean, I've, I've seen, I've, I've only seen it from the highlights. Obviously, I wasn't there. Yeah. Does it, catch him with the follow through? Follow through. Sorry, doesn't he? Yeah, for me, it was for me, it was. I know a, a few didn't think it was a sending off, and it's one of those where. When you go into it in, into a challenge with that force, it's very difficult to pull your leg away and mm. not make the contact on the follow through. But it's the fact that he's gone into the challenge with that force and ultimately has made that contact. Um, you know, as an experienced player like Josh Labadee is, he's you know thirty one. He's, he's he's you know he's well travelled. He knows what the level is all about. You know, Warsaw could have done without you know that happening. So soon after the goal as well, it was literally like thirty seconds and yeah, it's less than a minute later, wasn't it? Yeah, and and the the way it was, 
it all happened happened so quickly that it was a, almost a bit of a blur in real time because I was still kind of tapping up what happened with the goal and you know mm. doing that on doing the tweet about the goal and I just looked up and then just saw the kind of the aftermath of the the challenge then saw the replays and watched them back but for me at that time what spoke to me was kind of how he walked off he looked quite resigned to it and you know mm. Um, yeah, he did kind of protest the decision a, a bit, but he almost had the air of someone thinking, oh, "I've kind of, I've, uh, you know, I've messed up, I've messed up there." Yeah, he knows what he's done. Um, and fair enough, he did front up on social media the the evening, and you know, issued an apology um, to supporters. You know, thankfully, Walsall, you know, res- responded to the test, and you know, silver linings. I mean, you know, a result like that can really bring you closer t- together as a group, but. Um, yeah, it, they could have done without the sending off. Thankfully, it didn't impact them too much. But obviously, Labadee will miss um, three league games now, um, mm. starting with Mansfield. He can play in the trophy, interestingly. So he'll probably play against Brighton again on Tuesday and be eager to impress. But it's um, it's one of them where they've got to learn. You know, they've got to learn from it. I think. And um, you know, Labadee is a player that plays on the edge, and you want that. You need that because he, he can be. He does make a difference for me. I think his energy and the way he gets gets the team pressing, you know, is a good thing. Mm. But um, yeah, that, I think that was a case where he just kind of spilled over a touch too much, really, and um, you now got Walsall into a situation that they didn't really need to be in. Yeah, that's it. And it's, I mean, obviously, there's no way of telling what would happen if he'd have, you know, avoided that red card. But immediately after a goal, your tails are up. You never know what could happen. Obviously, it's a it's a tough place to go, Bradford, and. And like you said, they are you know really highly rated this season. But I mean, if you if it's eleven v eleven, Warsaw's obviously won't be you know essentially holding out uh, for the point. You know, you never know what they could have done. You never know if you know, could have made it two on a bounce. That, that's it. Um, they were good value for the equaliser. They had been putting the kind of uh, the pressure on for a little bit, and um, you know they were creating opportunities and. And, and looked good value for that. I think they were worth the worth the one one at the break, and then obviously, you know, dug in to see that out. Um, I mean, even with ten men, they still had their moments going forward. It, it mm. weren't, you know, they, they did spend a lot of it camping, but it weren't as if it was completely wave after wave after wave. Um, you know, they did still kind of get forward and look to create things. It was good to see uh, Tyree Shade back and offering, you know, a bit of an out ball. Um, but yeah, you know, with eleven for eleven, it could have it, it could have been a different could have been a different game. But um, I think, as I say, given the context, it was a it was a result that felt like a win, and um, hopefully, Walsall can carry on building that. That's it. Because the one thing you would say is the positive results that's going to lift the side, isn't it? Because you know, when you have a little bit of a poor or shaky start. It can it can end up snowballing. Now, what Taylor has to do is he has to try and keep this mood on a high, doesn't he? Yeah, and it's um obviously it wasn't the start that they wanted, um, but it, you know they they've 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 responded over the past couple of weeks, and I do think there is um, there's good signs. Um, there's, there's there's individuals that are growing with. 
with each game and I think obviously they're growing as a group um, it's a shame that he can't play against Mansfield but I think Rally Manieze has, has, been, has been fantastic mm. um, for the last couple of weeks um, him and Manny Month complement each other really well and for me if everybody's fit and available I think that's the centre half pairing um, of course Ash Taylor I think will come back in um, for, you know, for, for Mansfield now but I just think they complement each other better. I do like Taylor. I think he's a, you know, I've, I think he's, you know, certainly got, you know, a lot of experience about him, and and uh, you know, he's good in the air. He, he can read the game well. Mm. I just think many years extra yard of pace helps, and especially when you look at Walsall's back four, it's quite a tall back four. Um, yeah. You know the full backs, obviously Stephen Ward being his in his later years, and Hayden White is a has got a good turn of pace, but he's you know it's not as if they've got these marauding full backs. Mm. Um, you know any pace that you can have in that back four is is a bonus, and and many years that certainly brings that, and he brings a you know a level of assuredness on the ball as well, and a, a confidence that that's growing with each game. Monf is a player that. You know, I think fans will really get behind because he has these moments where <laughs> players try to take him on and they just simply just get brushed off like they're not there because he's just so such an athlete and so yeah. such a commanding presence. Um, you know, th- there are some moments where he perhaps gets himself in a little bit of bother um, when he maybe doesn't need to, but uh, you know, he. he because of those moments that he has, and uh, to be fair, at Bradford he was he was fantastic as well. You know, I, I think him and Manieza could be a real um, a fan favourite partnership. So there's those two, as I mentioned, Keenan. I think he's growing with each game that comes. We've already spoken about Rushworth and the qualities he's brought. I mean, to be honest, I, you know, I think it's a case of enjoying him while he's here because. You know, I think he's going to go on to, to to pretty good things in the game, and mm. you know he'll go back to Brighton and probably, you know, out to League One or Championship then next season. You know, he, he's he's got a lot about him, but Earing coming along, and you know Kinsella just basically running through brick walls in midfield. That you can't fault the effort, and um, you know you, you you could do against Hartlepool. But I think they've they've responded to that and they've shown character and um, yeah I've 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 been you know not blown away but I've been uh, you know impressed by some of the signs. Yeah, and it's it's always good to see that that response, isn't it? Thinking of adoption, we have all the information you need at Adoption at Heart, your regional adoption agency for the Black Country. Adoption at Heart provides adoption services for the City of Wolverhampton Council, Walsall Council, Dudley Metropolitan Borough Council and Sandwell's Children's Trust and is encouraging those who are considering adoption to come forward and take the next step. The Black Country Agency is appealing for adopters who can give our children lots of individual time, understanding and ongoing support and are looking for re- to recruit adopters from within a diverse section of the community irrespective of gender, sexual orientation, disability, race or faith. To start your adoption journey or to find out more, why not book onto the next virtual information event? Visit www.adoptionatheart.org.uk to see the next available dates and to book your place or call 01902 
553818. Um, let's talk free agents, Joe, because <laughs> also, like you said, they still need a body or bodies. There's room for, I mean, there's room for four above yeah. the age of 21 in, in terms of the squad. The, what, the, where do you think they need to strengthen? It attacks the obvious one. Mm. Um, you know, I, I think for me, a, a, a set, another centre forward would would not be amiss. But mm. how many quality centre forwards are, are free agents at the minute? You know, it's, I mean, um, you're going to have so many teams chasing them, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, that's it. You know, there's going to be a shortage of them, and then the ones that are available are going to have plenty of suitors. Um, so it, it it's a you know, I don't envy in in, in that respect. Um, but yeah, so the, they've got 16 senior players down in the squad. I, I did read the rules, the EFL rules, and it did say you're allowed 20 out of the age of 21. Mm. Um, I mean, Ipswich in League One have named 22, so I don't know if there's there's room for a couple more in extra circumstances. But either way, they've got room for you know a handful of. Um, of more senior players for for, for, for free agents, um, you know they have had players in the building, um, and they had a they had a, a game at Preston in midweek. The reserves, which we'll come on to a bit more uh, a bit later on, um, but yeah, it's um, you know you look at some of the names out there. Um, I, don't, I don't know how these uh, appeal to you, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, you're looking at the likes of uh, Kieran Agard, you know, who, who was at MK Dons, and mm. um, you know, he'd been there for a fair number of years. I think he had a bit of injury trouble, um, and I don't know what his fitness is like. But he's without a club. Uh, Lee Nalvac, uh, formerly of Birmingham City, Bradford, yeah. um, Nicky Jose, who's kind of been around the block really in League One and Two, and been fairly successful wherever he's been. They're the kind of that's just free off the top of my head, but the, you know they're they're the kind of players that are out there, um, and whether they'd be right for Walsall, I'm not sure. I mean, Bristol Rovers have just signed Leon Clark. I mean that that was another one that was doing the rounds, and you mm. know he he he's gone in and I think he scored on his debut. So these players can can come in and do a job, but we'll have to kind of just wait and see what happens there. I, I have been keeping a. You know, a watching brief on it and <laughs> quizzing Taylor on it every chance I can get. Um, and he's, you know, they're they're not they're not close to anything. It it, it doesn't seem at, at this moment in time. But um, you know, they'll continue to have a look at that. I mean, it's been a, we've not covered it um, obviously since it happened. But George Miller came in on a deadline day as, yeah. as, as their only um, as their their only piece of business, their thirteenth summer signing, and that, and that completed their lot. I thought he did all right at Bradford, um, considering I think he'd only had two days training with the group. Um, you know, he looked fit enough. I think he understandably tired a bit in the second half, and then then got taken off. But you know, he he gave it all he could. I think you know he he he, he was keen to quite press high and, mm. and try and make things happen. Um, without getting on the ball in an incredible amount, but you know, I think he's a player that will, you know, quite similarly to Kieran Phillips, offers you a certain degree of flexibility, and that he could probably play either of the wide positions and perhaps play as a ten as well as a nine. So he'll be a player that 
you know, I think Taylor will enjoy working with and fingers crossed somebody will score some goals along the way as well but yeah, um, yeah the the free agents are there to be tapped into as and when they, they want to do that I did ask um, Matt whether there was the room in the budget for that and he said that well that's kind of a that's not exactly the question for me it's a question for you know for, for other people at the club but you know what I'd imagine there is there is room to manoeuvre if they've got try lists. You know, yeah. you know, if if they didn't have the budget, then there would be, there'd be no point having try lists. You know, you you don't want to lead these um, lads down a down a blind path. I know it's Walsall's right to have a look at anybody they want to look at, but you know, again, you know, try lists. Yeah, it'd make no sense, would it? Yeah, exactly. I mean, if if try lists are coming in knowing they've got no chance of earning a contract, whatever they do, then you know that that just wouldn't make sense. So. You know, it seems there would be room in the budget to do that, and um, we'll have to see what happens in these uh, in these weeks to come. That's it, because you know bodies bodies still are needed. Um, let's get some questions from the listeners, because we, we always enjoy our listeners' questions. We do, we love them. Uh, first one comes from <laughs> El Nombre. Do um, the club genuinely believe we can go through an entire season with this threadbare squad, or do you think signings are coming? Um. It's not the most Fred Bear squad I've ever seen. Um, it is. It is. I, I do agree with that. I think you know, in an ideal world, they'd have another forward player, um, maybe, maybe even two for some people. Mm. Um, you know, it, I mean, I know it's a a different example, a different level, but I mean, you know, previously covered Wolves and they were famous for you know working with a. A squad of what 16, 17 senior players, and then mm. supplementing the rest with youngsters. Um, it did catch up with them in the end, um, but it can be done. Um, I think naturally, I think if the right player comes up as a free agent, I think they'll get them in. Um, it's just a case of finding that that player. If you look at what they've got, you know, in terms of the squad, they've got two goalkeepers, which is which is fair game. Mm-hmm. Um, they haven't got an out-and-out left-back, um, you'd say, um, to deputise for Stephen Ward, but Zach Mills' his kind of flexibility helps in that regard. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Zach Mills will kind of be considered the second-choice left-back, really, as well as being the second-choice right-back. Um, but, you know, he can cover both positions. And they're kind of fortunate in the sense that Tom Leake... Who is the fourth choice centre half? Is all is also technically the second choice right back, um, but you know they've got a, a couple of young midfielders in Sam Perry and uh, Alfie Bates. Of course, you know we haven't seen Alfie play for a while. We haven't seen him play yet this season, actually. Yeah, uh, you do wonder whether Brighton in the in the trophy will be a chance for him to kind of uh, get some minutes in his legs. So he's been working his way gradually back to to full fitness and played for the reserves last week as well. Um, but you've, you know you've got a decent amount of midfield cover. You've got a player in um, you know Manny Osadebi who can kind of play as a, a right-sided player or a left-sided or as a number ten. So you know I do think there is competition for places, and I think they're hugely short on that. And of course you've got Wilkinson and, and Holden as well to factor in. Of course they're both injured at the minute, but um, mm. you know when they're fit, you know you'd imagine. You know they're both wanting to be starting games, so um, I don't think they're miles away. 
I don't think they've left they've, they've kind of massively sold themselves short. I think in an ideal world, for me at least, I think they'd have another one or two attacking options. But as we say, the free agent market is there, and um, if the right player comes up, I, I, I'd like to think that uh, they'd exercise that right. Yeah, David Birch. Why did we not get a target man, a proper goal scorer? Um, that's a big question, isn't it? I suppose. Yeah. It, look from the outside in, it does look like Warsaw have got a lot of players who, yeah, they can play the nine, but they're yeah. not an out-and-out nine. No, and they're a bit of a dying breed, though, aren't they? You know mm. what I mean? I, I, even some of the teams I've seen Warsaw come up against, of course, Andy Cook was playing for for Bradford, but. Not everybody has a is a is somebody that you look at and think, yeah, they're a definite number nine. Mm. Um, you know, Tyler Bury was a real handful for for Hartlepool against against Warsaw, um, but he was kind of operating as a as a wide man. And you know, these these players that um, you know get goals these days, they're not always necessarily proper centre forwards. They can come in off the left, coming off the right. Um, yeah, it it is it is the million pound question, I guess. <laughs> Um, I just think that there is there is a bit of a shortage, and you know I think the 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 outright number nines, you know, kind of claim very high wages. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. we, we we look at um, I know it's a couple of divisions above now, but there was a a few people asking me um, about getting Will Grigg back. I mean, yeah. he was, I mean, he's on a reported. Uh, Seven and a half grand, isn't it, at, at, uh, at Sunderland, and then he ended up going to Rotherham, I believe, at the last minute. But that was after a, you know, I know that's a division above, but that's that kind of gives you the general state of play. In that, you know, you're looking in League One and Two with proven goal scorers. They're all going to command, you know, huge wages. So I mean, Paul Mullin, who was the, um, you know, the top scorer for Cambridge last season, uh, you know, going into League One, and you know. Wrexham come in with the with the big books and and he goes there. The, you know the the centre forwards command the big money, mm. and um, you know it, it would it, it it takes you know it, it's it's difficult you know for 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 a club like Walsall I guess to to to, to get those players in, um, but hopefully you know we can see you know a diamond from the rough emerge you know in the in the free agent market and 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 help in that regard. I still think they'll score goals. Um, I like Kieran Phillips. Maybe you know the, there's a there's an argument that maybe kind of got to try and get the best out of him because I think he, he strikes me as more of a fox in the box, a bit of a poacher, and it's uh, utilising that to the best effect. Um, but I think he'll score goals. I think Kieran and all chip in. Um, hopefully, Erin can 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 chip in as well, and um, and Miller along the way. Um, so I don't think they're Miles away, mm. um, you know. I, I know a few may disagree, but I, I feel like there's there's the basis there. But yeah, that if if one if one comes up, and especially if they've got a proven record, then um, and and they're fitting financially, then for for me it'd be it'd be a no brainer. Yeah, for sure. Um, Matty asks, what has happened to Jaden Campbell, a promising player for us who seems to have disappeared from the club. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I've had a few questions about Jaden. I did try and check in with his um, agency um, a couple of weeks back. Mm-hmm. Um, no, a couple of weeks back, a couple of days back, actually. Um, didn't hear anything back. Um, 
need to kind of check in with the club on that one. But um, yeah, I'll get back to you on that. It's um, yeah, a young winger who had scored a, a fair amount of goals for the under 18s um, mm. just hasn't been playing for them recently. I, I saw somebody suggest he may have an injury, but it's um, yeah, we'll have to see what see what the case is with Jaden. I'm, I'm not sure at the minute. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, CJH Gaming. Do you think this team and squad is good enough to compete at the top of League Two? And where is your predicted finish? I think right at the top would be a little bit of a stretch. You yeah. Know? Um, you know, I don't see them being automatic. Um, really. Mm. You never know, though. That's the thing. <laughs> you never know. I mean, nobody would have seen uh, Morecambe winning the league last year. No. Um, you know. Uh, well, did they win the league or did they come second? But but it, my, you know, they were up there. The point applies. They went up. Um, oh, nobody would have seen Morecambe going up there financially. They were nowhere near in terms of, um, you know, top top wage bill. And I mean, look at the start. Um, even Bolton had last mm. last year. That they were rubbish until about Christmas, and then just turned on the style. It can happen. Um, for me, my prediction would be, um, based on what I've seen so far, which I have, I've only seen four of the six league games because of having to isolate, but I'd say kind of pushing that top half mix and if they could get a run together, who knows, then maybe you can make a, make a claim for the playoffs. I think what, what's, um, what's quite telling is that a lot of these players were signed on two-year deals. Yeah. And um, you know we've seen in the past at Walsall that I think um, you know it's almost just been a year-to-year thing. Uh, oh, we'll we'll kind of rip it up again next year, and we'll start afresh. And you know, every twelve months you're in the same boat. Yeah, I'd say seventy, eighty percent of this you know group are on two-year deals, and um, I think there's kind of a, a, a look at that. We'll give it a good go this season, and but then maybe next season would be the time to really push. Um, you know, get Walsall back into, you know, a strong state, an attractive club. You know, it's been a tough couple of years, and there's some big, there's still some big fish in 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 League Two as well. You know, we're talking about Bradford, uh, you know, Mansfield are a team that, you know, of course, playing them tomorrow, but they're one that's backed every year to to be successful. So I think if they can get there, you know, get a good amount of momentum behind them this season, maybe make a, a play for the, you know, that. Getting in that playoff mix, I think that would be a that would be a successful season, really. But um, I'll, of course, I'll happily take uh, anything more as well. <laughs> yeah, it's that's it. It's all about momentum, isn't it? You got to win, you know, games on the bounce, and then you never know yeah. where it can take you. Uh, Lee Reynolds, with Fullerton head of football development, do we need to have both Gamble and Mole at the club? What do Gamble and Mole do? Couldn't just one of them be required, and the wages of the other added to the playing budget? Yeah, I mean. Stephen Gamble is the chief exec, um, and uh, Dan Mole is, is um, head of football operations, as I, as I understand it. It's one of reason. Um and Jamie Fullerton, obviously uh, technical director, and mm. um, you know, I, I think was it part of his question that uh, come Jamie hasn't said anything yet, or was is that? Yeah, why didn't Fullerton give an update on the transfer, but Lee Pomlet did? Yeah, I think I think the way they're looking at it is that Pomlet is kind of the 
you know, the outward facing, you know, as chairman, you know, he's, he's quite happy to talk and, and wants to have that relationship with supporters and keep them in the loop. And as the chairman, as the main figurehead at the club, I think he, you know, feels that that that's that's his remit. Mm. Um, yet to really touch base with Jamie, but it, it seems to be the sense that he, you know, he's been allowed to just kind of get on with his job, basically. And um, you know, whether he'll be, he might do bits of media down the line. I'll happily have an interview with him. That would be lovely. But I think. You know the the remit is for for Jamie to, to to get on with to get on with his work essentially, and you know Matt Taylor of course talks about all the football matters, and then Lee you know talks about the off field matters and you know his his views on the football matters as well. Mm. Um, in regards with Stefan Dan, I, I think uh, I'm still quite new and still getting to know you know everybody, but um, you know it seems Dan's you know kind of doing a lot of the day to day stuff and and and. And Steph would be perhaps a bit more bigger picture stuff and assisting assisting Lee, but you know, still kind of um, you know forging those relationships really, and and, and kind of and, and finding um, you know getting to know everybody. Um, mm-hmm. I've still only been been doing the club for a matter of weeks, but um, that, that's how I see it anyway. Um, p- people might see it differently, but yeah, that, that's how I understand it anyway. Okay, Richard Hall. Um, I'd like to reopen Kinsella Gate. How do you reshape <laughs> central midfield now? Labadee is out. It's an opportunity to build a partnership that offers more than just two sixes who happen to run around a lot, break things up, and pass square with nothing in front of them. Always strong thoughts. Um, <laughs> that, but I mean, it does give an opportunity to to do to build partnerships in that midfield, which is which is vital. Yeah, I'd drop Aaron in there. I think hearing uh, after his performance against Bradford, dropping in, he can play as a central midfielder as, as a as an eight, and um, you know Kintilla can perhaps do more of the dirty work if you like, and and then mm. Earing can supplement the attacks and um, you know do more in possession. Um, that would be the way forward for me. I think I think Earing was was brilliant as I say against Bradford. Of course, there's Sam Perry and. Um, Alfie Bates in the mix, but as we've touched on, Alfie yet to kick a ball this season. Mm. Uh, Sam played at Hartlepool, and he's a he's a you know a very talented young kid, um, but you know he's still very early on in his journey. And um, for me, uh, Erin and in Kinsella, you know, for these next three league games while uh, Labadee is suspended, you know, that's that's the way to go for me. And you know, and and you know, they might. Labdi might have a job on his hands to uh, get back in, hopefully, if, uh, if if results go Walsall's way. Yeah, uh, Nathan Brighton. Who are the trialists? Sorry, also doing a great job so far. Nathan, our former colleague. Yeah, remember? Yeah, um, I, no, I was Nathan wondering. Well. If, yeah, yeah. I, I was wondering if Nathan was before your time, but now he's he, he's. Um, yeah, so I um, I don't have names. Sorry, Nathan. Um, but. I did speak to somebody who was at the Preston game, um, the reserve game in which Walsall had two trialists. Um, there was a number eight, I believe, and a number nine. Mm. And so, yeah, I spoke to somebody who was there at the Preston end, um, and mess- uh, he-, he texted me to say. Um, the number eight who scored was tall, bald, and looked an older player to me. Uh, was a great left-footed volley into the top right corner. Uh, the lad that crossed it was short, 
nippy and looked much younger afro style hair uh, but I didn't recognise either in truth mm. so so there you go make of that <laughs> good <laughs> make luck of, make of that what you will um, I think interesting to know just from that is that neither of those players were a centre forward mm. um, you know it a midfielder and a, and a wide player. Um, yeah, don't have names, sorry. And I had been told by somebody uh, a name, but that was in that was in confidence, so um, I can't say who that is. But on on that same token, I don't know when he was there or whether he's still there or what extent of of uh, you know he's he's stay with Warsaw was whether it was a week whether it was a month or whether he's still there or whether he's gone somewhere else now you know mm. what I mean uh, so yeah um, they still do have try lists um, I checked in with uh, Taylor yesterday uh, so Thursday and you know they, they've still got uh, try lists in the building um, but as, ter- in the, as far as names go no there's, there's nothing at the minute apart from that um, yeah a bald midfielder who looked a bit older Good luck figuring who that is. Um, Vital Warsaw, the final one. Are Warsaw's fitness issues, injuries and tiredness in matches a concern? I think the general level of fitness looks all right. Um, mm. And I, when you speak to the players, you know, they all say, well, you know, they, they all say they're feeling fit and sharp. I mean, we had a chance to catch up with uh, Hayden White on Thursday and was one of the few players that... Was was on was it was in the squad last year as well? But he, you know, he's saying there, you know, that there's a there's there's a better kind of camaraderie and fitness and and all that kind of thing. Um, I think there's going to be injuries along the way, isn't there? Naturally, and um, it was really unfortunate with Wilkinson. I mean, the the tone now with um, both him and Rory Holden was pretty good. I, I, you know, it seems like they've. They finally made a bit of a breakthrough with Rory. Um, it may have been a hugely frustrating year for him. You know, as, as a mm. young twenty-three-year-old, you know, a talented lad. You know, you want to be playing week in, week out. He's played t- two games of competitive football in twenty twenty-one. It's been it's been a nightmare for him, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and whenever he's looked like coming back, he's suffered something again, and he's just setback after setback. Um, you know, interestingly, the Warsaw side the issue has been fixed. Um, he had an exploratory procedure, and um, now it's a case of of rehabbing. So um, fingers crossed that is the um, yeah you know, Rory's over the worst of it now. And um, you know by the way that they've been talking, yeah he's not going to be back in a matter of weeks, but they're not suspecting that he's going to be out for the you know the majority of the season either. So. Hopefully in the coming months we'll see Rory Alden back and uh, and and fit and firing. Um, and in terms of overall fitness, yeah, I, f- I think I think they look all right. I think obviously that Hartlepool game they fell below the standards, um, but in the game since, especially against Bradford, with ten men, you know, fitness didn't look an issue at all. They they gave you know every ounce of energy that they had and um, and got the result. That's it. Um- all right, let's quickly talk about Mansfield. I'm aware that we're recording this on a Friday afternoon night of a game <laughs> on a Saturday, so it'll quickly get outdated. But another chance to get points on the board, Joe. Um, Mansfield, not in the best form, but they have come up against tough opponents recently. 
Yeah, they've, they keep conceding from set pieces, which is interesting. Um, mm. You know, of course, Nigel Clough in charge there, and as we say, Mansfield are always kind of in the reckoning, aren't they? When you when you say teams you kind of fancy in League Two, you know, it, we've been saying it for a, a, a good number of years now with Mansfield, and you're just wondering when they're, they're going to strike gold. But it, it's um, yeah, they've, they've lost three on the spin. Uh, they lost three once at Harrogate last weekend, and. You know, conceded all three goals from set pieces. Mm. Be interesting if Walsall can take advantage of that. Um, you know, they haven't got a, you know, as we say, a target man in attack, but they have got height at the back. You know, and yeah. with with Taylor coming back in for this game as well. You know, they've got him and and Manny Mont from set pieces. And, you know, Hayden White is you know a, a big lad as well. So and and, and Stephen Ward. So. Maybe there's something to, 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 to kind of expose there. Um, Mansfield, as, as you say, I think they're going to be well drilled. They're a Nigel Clough team, and you know that. You, you know, I think once they work things out, you know, I think they'll be you know a pretty good side in the in the division this season. But you know, they're going through a bit of a, a sticky patch, and um, you know, you, you'd, you'd like to think Walsall can uh, take a bit of advantage of that. And yeah, how would how would you line up, Joe? So. It's an interesting one because obviously you've got the enforced change of, of many years. Eh? Yeah. So Taylor comes in for Month, uh, not Month. Sorry, Taylor comes in for him alongside Month, um, and then you've got uh, Warden Warden White as the as the as the fullbacks, Rushworth in goal, obviously, and then yeah. for maybe Earing and and Kinsella as that midfield too. The the one question mark really is what you do in that number ten position with with Ewing dropping back. I don't know if you kind of play almost as a fluid four four two and mm. have kind of the the forward lads interchanging. So I think I'd probably go Tyree Shade on the right as long as he's fit enough to start. Um, Keenan on the left and then a combination of of Miller and Phillips, and you know that one of those two dropping deep and helping the midfield as a as and when, whether they rotate between them or whether it's... I think if you're perhaps looking at one, based on what I've seen so far, I think it'd probably be Phillips. Mm. Um, or it's whether he decides to just play Osadebi in that role and, and one of those two up front. But I think based on what we've seen from Kieran Phillips and Miller coming in as a deadline day signing, I think I'd lean towards starting those two, really. Mm. Um, you know... Osadabi's been on the bench in recent weeks and you know hasn't done a fantastic amount when he's came on in games so um, I, I do it's interesting with Osadabi I, I kind of tipped him to, to, to have you know a, a quite a bit of an impact when I first kind of saw him and he, he's, he's, he's on he finds himself on the bench now I do think there's a player in there which we'll mm-hmm. hopefully see but um, yeah I, I'd just be leaning towards uh, Phillips and Miller and asking one of them to come out, come come and help defensively when they can. Yeah, would you back them to get a result? I think so. I, th- I think you know that being at home as well. You know, I, I would perhaps I wouldn't mind that uh, tweak of the system. I do like the four-two-three-one. It's nice to have a set way of playing. Mm. Um, but if you can just adapt it slightly, and it, and it becomes a four-four-two in possession, um, and a four-two-three-one out of possession, you're asking one of the forward lads to to drop in a bit. You know that. You know, Matt Taylor has said in the build-up to the game. You know, after being on the back foot for so much of it against Bradford, you know, he wants them to be aggressive, take the game to Mansfield, and and put in a you know a performance 
as the home team that sends the fans home happy. And um, you now, if they can have a four-four-two with wide men getting crosses in in, in Shane and Kiernan, which I do think will will have joy against their full backs and get balls into the box. Now, it helps to have two strikers in there instead of one. So, um, you know, if we see that Miller and, and Phillips and get a couple of goals, that'd be happy days. But um, yeah, that would be how I'd go it go for it. That doesn't mean that's <laughs> that's what's going to happen. Um, but yeah, for me, I'd play Miller and Phillips and uh, as the home team. You know, try and try and unsettle Mansfield and, and carry on their poor run. Yeah, fingers crossed they can get something, Joe. Right, um, that just about does us for this episode. Unless you've got Brilliant. anything else you want to add in, um, I just I just say keep uh, keep the faith and let's uh, get some more wins. They've got the Papa John's Trophy coming up on Tuesday, which is massive, oh, um, huge. huge game. Um, the Carl Rushworth Derby against uh, Brighton under twenty one. So we're all looking forward to that. I might get a pizza in as is. As, as, they you know, never tradition. do the bloody pizzas. You'd think they would. With it being Papa John's trophy, you'd think there'd be pizzas for the press box, pizzas for the fans with your ticket, you know, yeah. ticket and a slice of pizza. But now they've got some work to do, Papa John's have. Yeah, but sure do. Looking forward to that and fingers crossed uh, we'll also carry on in the, uh, in, the, uh, in the hot streak, on the hot streak, on the, on the winning, winning run. Fingers crossed I can do it. Fingers crossed you see a badger this evening. Yes. Uh, and then, fingers crossed, we'll still get three points. Come on. Um, that's it for another episode then. As always, thank you for tuning in. Um, if you could give us a rating and review uh, via the you know podcast platform that you listen to us through, then that would be massively appreciated. But from me and from Joe, a fond farewell for now. <laughs>